0: Welcome to the Wicked Wealthy Woman podcast. I'm Gina Marie, and I am your holistic success coach. Here to help you heal, not hustle your way to success, I'm gonna show you how to discover and unleash the wicked wealthy woman you are inside. You'll be able to dream big, believe big, and become big as we heal, feel, and unleash the wicked wealthy woman you are. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back. I'm so excited you keep coming back week after week. Today, I am so pumped to have this conversation. I know I say that every week. I'm so pumped, but I really, really, really am. This conversation is so needed. Wait until you hear what our amazing and incredible guest has to share with us today. It is so powerful and empowering for women and men It is so needed to open up this conversation that can be deemed as how ironic because we were just talking about hard conversations and conflict and all that last week or a couple weeks ago. But this conversation can be uncomfortable for some. I invite that. I'm excited for it. And because we need to make it so that it's not uncomfortable and that it's a comfortable thing that. can talk about and open up to and so today i'm so excited to introduce you we have holly crivo who is a soberish coach who is a former heavy drinker who started a soberish journey and everything in her life changed as a certified coach she works with clients to find freedom from alcohol and to find their own soberish journey she believes it's not about saying no to booze, but yes to yourself. She is the host of the podcast Soberish Uprising, where she shares stories of those who found freedom from alcohol on their terms. Welcome, Holly. I'm so excited to have you here today.
1: Tina, yeah, you're intro gave me the chills. So I am so, so, so excited to have this conversation with you and share with your listeners.
0: Oh, I'm so pumped. So let's jump in. Tell me. <laughs> tell me your story. Tell me, you know, why soberish, but before that, like what, like, just tell me your story. Tell us. Yeah.
1: So I, um, probably like most of your listeners, always a very high performing, high achieving individual, you know, wanted to always do big things for my life. And along with that, I've always been a drinker from the moment. Like I could drink and probably before that. Right. I never said no to a happy hour. I was always up for, you know, making dinner and wine and it wasn't, I wasn't belligerent. I wasn't, you know, out of control. I was, my drinking was, I'm doing quotes normal. Yeah. Right. From what I saw. But as I got older, I just realized how much it was a part of my life. Right. Mm -hmm. I just realized I'm like, wow, you're doing this a lot. Like if you subtracted, you know, instead of drinking, you had don't this many donuts all week, you'd be like, that's a lot of donuts, right? Right. Yeah. That's a lot of drinking. And it was getting it was starting to feel internally out of control, right? And I, I heard this whisper for a long time. You've got to do something different. And I would try. I would quit on su- Sunday, you know, Sunday evening. I'm not drinking for two weeks, and it would be a Thursday happy hour. And I'm like, what's one drink gonna hurt, right? So mm-hmm. I had continued to negotiate and like quiet these whispers, and quiet these whispers. And then it was about two years ago. I was on a girls trip. You know, we had had rose at the pool. We had, you know, wine at dinner. We had genotonics at night, and it was a normal activity. Right. And so that moment for me, it was, you know, Gina, it was so, it's still like so real as I was sitting there and it was like one in the morning, everything got really hazy. And I was like, this can't be your life. Like this just can't be it. You can't want to go and change the world and then just like take away so much of your strength with booze. Like this just can't be it. And so that next day I started what I call my soberish journey.
0: I love, well, Mm -hmm. if anyone knows me, I love titles. Like I love catchy, fun titles Mm -hmm. and that is so cool. I love sober-ish, right? Because, and you can help me understand. Mm -hmm. So it's not that you quit alcohol altogether.
1: I knew two things when I wanted to do this. I knew I had tried, tried to change my relationship for years and it hadn't worked. Right. But I also knew too, I couldn't say, I was never, ever going to drink for the rest of my life. Both mm. of those were so true to me. And so I started this journey by, this is so ironic. I love it. It's like very, on brand. I think for a lot of drinkers too, as we were going to Napa around Thanksgiving. Okay. <laughs> and so I said, Hey, I'm not going to drink now, which is September 13th until we go to Napa. I had a speaking engagement and I was like, that'll give me a good 70 days. And then I will decide what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So I had a 70, I think it was like 70 ish days. My event got canceled for Napa. We had low attendance, post-COVID, all that stuff. So, but I, you know, everything felt better to me. Mm-hmm. I like, I was like, I can't go back to that. And so I kept on going. I ended up going 103 days, which was the longest I had ever gone without drinking at that time and had a drink on Christmas. And from then on, I, you know, I committed, you know, I'm going to see what this looks like for the year, right? I'm not, I didn't, I had no hard, fast rules, but it was really like being, being intentional. Is this an intentional? Am I drinking to Cause I had a bad day. Am I drinking? Cause I'm bored. Like really being that awareness. Yeah. And so for me, it was 32 drinks in a year. That's what that ended up being. And so, you know, for me, soberish is it's the intention, right? For me, it may be 32 drinks for you. It may be 50. It may be 12. Like I'm not here to tell people what that looks like, but more of like, how do we become super intentional about this? toxin we put in our body and what it does to us and what it holds us back from, and then make the decision of when you want to do that.
0: Yeah. We were chatting a little before we started about, you know, when something is super structured, because Mm -hmm. I am a rebel at heart, as soon as you put that structure on it, look at, I have goosebumps. When you put that structure on it, I'm like flipping up my middle finger telling everyone to go fuck yourself and I'm not doing it right. Yeah. Totally. The way that you incorporate talking about sober ish and what it being intentional Mm -hmm. and what works for that person, right? Because not, and this is the way that I coach and teach is that there isn't any, there's no one size fits all. Like when we're, you know, we have a group we're coaching with, we can't take, you know, be in Nordstrom and take one pair of jeans yeah, let's go into the fitting room and try them on and have them all fit perfectly. Mm-hmm. And this is why so many set themselves up for failure because they 100%. think there's one way to do something, right? Yeah. So I love you the way that you open up the conversation, the dialogue, the coaching, and the teaching around being intentional and what yeah. that means for you.
1: Yes, and thank you for you know thank you for bringing it up because that held me back for so long thinking it had to look a certain way. Mm. Right. And also I'm like you, like I'm kind of a rebel. I, and it was so, it's so interesting, Gina, because like every choice in my life has been a little bit off the norm, right? Like mm-hmm. child be by choice. I'm a gay yeah. woman. My life's like, everything is a little different than like what society told me. But for yeah. some reason, this, I couldn't like be like, Girl, you can do your own thing. Like, create your own version of sobriety. But because I think it's society and our friendships, and like, there's so mm-hmm. much around alcohol outside of the drink. Yeah, that it's you know it's hard for people to do to be like, well, what do you mean you're sober or you're not? Like, people still have a hard time with this soberish, right? Okay. Yep.
0: And I have goosebumps, and we're just gonna go there because as soon as we said, I was like, oh, do I? Do I not? Right. Always. Always. So, ask. Right. <laughs> ah. So. It's that whole conversation around friendships mm-hmm. and family time and quality time is so much wrapped around alcohol. Yeah. And there's, I have such goosebumps because it's like, and then there's so much pressure mm-hmm. and I I have to be honest. I, you know, I even have drinks with my kids sometimes and, mm-hmm. and on the journey that I'm on, through personal development, my own human potential and growth mm-hmm. and healing and expansion, all that I've started to really dive into this sober ish without mm-hmm. that. And I love yep. that so that I can, you know, speak to you on it now where, Oh, like, let me gather my thoughts because there's so yeah. much I want to say I here, you know, okay, let me go back to why. Mm-hmm. So for me, and then I'm going to tie it in So, for me, my journey with this started because my mom died at 69 in 2020 with dementia. Mm. And it has become my mission and my passion to be as healthy as I possibly can. Mm. That is not a route that I want to go down. And so I. And and isn't this funny how I used to tell myself I wasn't smart and I don't like to research. And meanwhile, you will find me researching the healthiest ways to live so that, and we know not to say what you don't want, right. Mm -hmm. But so that people understand so that I don't have dementia. Yeah. So I research a lot and there's so much science behind alcohol and the toxins and how it affects you and how it deteriorates your brain. Yeah. And your gut and then all of the connections between your gut health and your brain health. And there's so much behind it. I'm even in a certification with Dr. Amen. He talks about it and I'm learning about it. And so I've gone on this health journey to become really healthy in my brain and my guts. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't drinking for a bit. And here's where it, I'm going to be honest with you, where it gets uncomfortable for me mm-hmm because I do have friends who I love very much and don't judge them, but because of their conditioning and programming and not understanding, they judge me. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, I find myself struggling to have the conversation to help them understand where I'm at without me getting defensive. Right. I'm just owning it.
1: No, I'm like, how do you
0: not see what I'm doing? It has nothing to do with you and not wanting to have fun, but everything look, and you see how we we tie that in having to drink in order to have fun. Totally. It has everything to do with me wanting to be healthy and learn Mm -hmm. and, and go down that route. And so, yeah, like, it's just, I'm I'm like, I don't even know where I want to go because it's, it's such a big thing.
1: Cause it's not about the drink, right? It's the layers that go out, like your friendship, you know, and I'm curious if, you know, if you don't mind me asking, like what, what, what is their judge? What was their judgment around you not drinking?
0: Um, well, and here's my assumption, right? Because right. I'm not in their brain and, but that I'm not fun if I don't drink. And so, and in, in like, oh, this work that we do like right away, <laughs> as soon as I say it, any judgment is self-judgment. And so, yes. so uh, I'll just own it. Right. And so it's my belief. Look at, look at how beautiful this is. I love that you're coaching me. We're coaching ourselves this conversation, but so now I'm going to tie it in with what I was sharing with you before we started is that when I, this is how I'm going to take ownership of it. When I was growing up, I was not raised with any religion. Mm. I always wanted that. I wanted something. And so as I got older, I started to look into different religions so that I could have something. And I did become Catholic Uh, before I got married to my husband, now. And as we started to raise the children in the Catholic religion, it didn't really resonate with me. And so I was looking for something. And I remember speaking with a friend who is very religious and I was so open with her. And I said, the reason why I'm struggling with this is because growing up, I always deemed it that religious people weren't fun that they were uptight and that they were snooty or they were too good or that that's just a belief I had. Mm -hmm. And so look how it's coming full circle to, I equate not having fun or being fun.
1: If you're not drinking. Yeah. Which makes sense, right? What, where in our society are we taught otherwise? Yeah. Where are the examples of that? You watch TV, somebody sober, they're not going out or they're just like the fuddy duddy, like, yeah. It makes sense and it makes sense, religion, right? Like, there's a lot of not everybody, and we know the stories are what we tell, right? What we look for, right. we'll find. Yeah. So, what's your now with religion? What do you do? You think you can be fun and religious? I do. I do. Yeah.
0: I, I change it. And so, and I'm not religious, I'm more spiritual, but I let that. Mm-hmm. I made it more about my tribe. Who is my tribe? And mm-hmm. when I was little, I always wanted to start my own religion. And I always wanted to start my own school because I believed that they were just so overstructured and not fun and didn't really support growth and spirituality Mm -hmm. and all that. And so what I've come to find is that, okay, it doesn't have to be one religion. I'm open to learning what other people's religions are, taking what I feel comfortable absorbing and living and embodying and living the more spiritual route. And, but more about who, who's my tribe and who do I, resonate with and who helps me to grow, elevate, and expand. And that's kind of like religion.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. That like gave yeah. me the goose, that gave me like yeah. the jitter goosebumbies. Yeah. Cause like how beautiful, right? And that's I think maybe this version is, you know, if we compare so- complete sobriety to religion, sober to spirituality, right? Like what works for you? How do you want to feel? And it may not, for your listeners, it may not be booze. Maybe they're like, I could take it or leave it. It doesn't affect me. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's friendships. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's, you know, control. We all have those things that like, this doesn't serve me anymore. It just doesn't. I can't be this version that I say I want to be and also do this activity.
0: Yeah. And that's a great point because I know that you know, when I have drinks, be, you know, I was just home this past weekend. And so mm-hmm. it was family and it was celebrating and and that we're, we're Hutchison's are known for drinking. Right? <laughs> yeah. and so And I did and, and I had tons of fun and, but I know that I don't feel great afterwards. And that's why I don't drink as much anymore. But, it, and this is how I want to tie it into what you're saying. Like it, it there's more than just alcohol, right? Like it's it's toxic mm-hmm. or it's social media or it's it's friendships that yeah. no longer serve you. And it's just like sugar. Mm-hmm. And because I know that I've been eating more sugar than I, you know, since I started this health journey. And I woke up this morning feeling like puffy and tired and bloated. Yeah. And so it's just about I think it's so powerful to have the awareness. Of the toxins that we're putting in our body, whether it is tangible, like sugar or alcohol or relationships or social media to have that awareness of exactly what you said, what doesn't serve me? Because I know I don't show up as powerful as a mom or a coach when I'm tired and drained from the toxins. Right. And so it's so beautiful to have the awareness Like you said, because how can you be that elevated version of you while you're still doing these things or pulling you away from that? And so how beautiful to have the awareness around it and now choose something different if you choose to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, you'll appreciate this in the work that you do, right? Like my drinking habits at the rate I was drinking and what I was doing were in absolute conflict with my values. Absolute conflict. Like my value, my top three are probably you know freedom, connection, and experiences. So, like you're like, yeah, drinking serves. I was not really because you're feeling trapped in your body. You're not, you know, the connection, it's like you know, people are like, you're more vulnerable when it's all bullshit conversations when you're drunk, right? It's not like meaningful, like this is a meaningful connection. Yeah, you have the experiences. You're not fully in them. So it was like, I was living this, and then also, you know, wanting to, not wanting to, I was a, I am a great coach, but it felt like this cognitive dissonance of like, you're talking about intentionality and living your best life. And then at like three o'clock, you're like, is it five? Can I have a drink now? It's 4.30. What are we doing this weekend? Drinking too much, waking up at two in the morning, just the negative self-talk, you know, just this trajectory that I'm like, those aren't the values. Like, that's not me. Like, and so, like you said, when it's that disconnect, like, and that's when that whisper comes in, no matter what it is. You know, and it's, it's fascinating because it's, you know, we we work with consciousness and awareness and it still took me so long to be like, your shit together, right. man. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And that's what, you know, I use as like alignment, right? So mm-hmm. then these are your values, beautiful values, but then what our actions are, are actually pulling us out of alignment. Yeah. And so, and we know that our body is an alarm. And when we're feeling out of alignment, it lets us know because we feel yeah. a certain way. We don't feel yeah. well. We don't feel great. And that's how it literally affects me. I don't show, I know that I'm not on point with a client or with group yeah. coaching or with a podcast episode if I drank the night before. Yeah.
1: And it's not so, bad. It's not noticeable. It's not like you're showing up tipsy, to, but it's enough yeah. that you're like, ah, it's just not the best Gina. Like I'm like a seven and I could be at a 10. That is such a good point. Yeah. And talking about this healthy piece, you know, you brought up, especially as women, probably more the patriarchal systems of women have to look a certain way, do a certain thing. I mean, think about the, we talk so much. I mean, there's a gazillion diets. There's all the face creams. There's all the things we do. There's the hair, there's the vitamins. And nobody's like, hey, let's also like take booze out of it. Right. Let's also see, you know, it's like we put all this like product on and all this like, stuff. And then it's like, what happened if we like, as women just like, Hey, let's like, like remove booze for a little bit and see what it feels like. Right. Like how does Uh that affect everything? And it's so funny. I had a conversation, you know, as especially, you know, this is for men too, but like, as you know, if you don't drink, it's either like you're pregnant and you're in antibiotics, (laughs) which is like so fascinating that you're like, the only reasons you could not drink is for other people to like make life or to like, Get over sickness. Yeah, that was a random tangent. I don't know where that plugged in, but
0: that that was a good one. That was really really good. Yeah, (laughs) I could talk to you for days Mm. about this. What I really want to ask you is the hard question: Mm -hmm. How do we? How do we have these conversations? Like, how do we? Let me just start. How do we start these conversations? Because of the conditioning and programming of happy hour let's go have fun and it's drinking and and that we were raised and conditioned that celebrating and having fun equates alcohol
1: yeah yeah it's a tough one and i mean you know when you think of those conversations it's starting with you know you doing that exploration with yourself before there was a lot of people when i started this i didn't tell right I wanted, I needed to discover this on my own. I mean, I told my partner, I told friends when we were going to their house, like, hey, I'm not drinking, you know, and I think I said for, you know, X amount of days, which I'm sure they'd heard me say before, but, you know, before I do believe before you can have that conversation, you've got to have a confidence, a belief, a declaration within yourself of why Mm -hmm. it's important to you. Mm -hmm. And that goes with anything else, right? Because it's hard. If I'm not totally secure and I talk to Gina, who's like a big boozer, it's going to be really hard for us to have that dialogue. So I think it's becoming really clear on why is it important for you to redefine your relationship? You know, and it's your journey. If you decide, you get to define what that looks like. And so I think the conversations are based off of one, a confidence and two, curiosity, right? Just stay curious. You're not, I'm not here to change everybody's mind. I'm here to say, Hey, what if we think about it differently? and have conversations. Cause like you said, all judgment, which we know is self-judgment. Yeah. So those friends that we've had that I have, like my friendships have changed. Mm-hmm. I have grown apart from friends and I've gained other friends that we've become closer. Right. But the curiosity, cause we know that there's, if you're somebody, if you know, you're having a conversation with somebody and they're really, they don't understand you, they're really upset by your decisions. That probably means they know they need to do something about their drinking. Mm, Hmm. Good point. Or something else is triggering them. Right. Because I've never once cared about something that somebody else is doing unless it affects me. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think it's like, he's staying open to maybe they are scared. Maybe they are thinking, well, Holly has a drinking problem and I drink more than she does. Maybe I do. Right. So I think it's like getting confident in your decision and then staying curious in those conversations. Yeah. I love that. And it's all about going back to internal. Everything starts with ourselves Mm -hmm.
0: and not making it about them, making it about yourself and Mm -hmm. what your intention is and what your goal is. And what I speak to on that's that's that self-love, right? Honoring yourself and being Mm -hmm. in alignment with your core values. And, and, you know, what's, what's so cool is that I bet you a lot of times when I first start to work with clients, they're like, well, what do you mean? What are my values? And it's like, Mm -hmm. people just grow up with values from their childhood and they just take them on as their own and don't even realize that they might be living by values subconsciously that aren't even theirs. They didn't even choose, and they're not even in alignment with them. So anyone who's listening, I invite you to get in touch with what are your core values so that way you can live in alignment with them. But going back to that is that It's all about living in alignment with your core truth. And we can't do that until we become aware and we awake and we start the healing process. But in order to do that, it's all about loving yourself. And how do you love yourself? I love this topic because people are like, self-love, more self-love. Really? What the fuck is more self-love, to be honest with you, right? And back in the day, it was Manny's, petties. go do do things for yourself, self-care. Yes, self-care is important, but how do you really love yourself? Mm -hmm. And so the way that I teach and coach my clients is to ask yourself every day, all day, in any scenario that you want to support yourself or create change in is how do I honor myself right now in this moment? Mm -hmm. How do I respect myself right now in this moment, not, not in five minutes from now, but Mm -hmm. right now. So bringing it back to the conversation, it's about having this conversation with the friends. How do I honor myself? How do I respect myself? How do I be loyal to myself Mm -hmm. and truthful to myself? Those are the four questions that I ask in order to be in alignment with my core truth, to create self love for myself. Then I'm honoring me and my happiness and fulfillment and joy, and not theirs.
1: You know, bike drop. That's beautiful. And, <laughs> like, and what I've never like really, the respect and the loyalty to myself is so big, right? Because like that to me sets it apart to be like, no, I'm going to respect myself. I'm honoring this decision, and if that makes Gina uncomfortable. That's not my problem. Yeah, but we don't think about how do we respect ourselves? How do we stay loyal to ourselves? And that's beautiful, right? Like we know, okay, what feels good? How do I like show myself some love? That is a little bit more, but that's great, right? Like, what does respect and loyalty look like? Yeah, and that I think is a that's a clear indicator and what you need to do. Yeah, if that makes somebody else uncomfortable, like, yeah, it's on them, right? Yeah, it's on them. I love this. I love this. When you talk about like self-care and self-love and, you know, I, I talk about this a lot and it's, you know, I'm like, it's not about the booze. It's about like ourselves. Right. And like finding the freedom from alcohol or even like taking a break and just seeing what you feel like, even if you don't drink a lot, like it is hands down the best self care, personal development I will ever do in my life. Like Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think, you know, I met you two years ago, you know, the foundation, which I just like, I lost my father during that time. And there was so much growth around that year that I hands down would not have had, if I was drinking, mm. it would not have been the same. Right. And it just, it opened everything up to receive the love I received at that time. Mm. Right. To process, to be able to go through that whole, I had a, you know, a, not a great relationship with my father, like to go through all of that crap that came up in a way that I'm so proud of. Right. And I don't think I would have had that if I would have been numbing, drinking, not present, not aware of how am I respecting, how am I staying loyal to myself? Like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to do that.
0: Yeah. Oh, so true. And that is, you know, I love this conversation. I think you, I'm not sure if you use the word numb, but that's what I say is when people are walking around living life numb, because they're waking up, they're having the coffee they're Mm -hmm. driving to work, they're doing the work or working from home, whatever entrepreneurship, they're coming home, they're taking care of the kids, they're making dinner, Mm -hmm. they're watching TV, they're having the drinks, they're going to bed, they're waking up doing the same thing over Mm -hmm. and over and over and over again. And so that's what I call living life numb. Mm -hmm. But deeper than that is the numbing from the alcohol to avoid the shit in life. That's hard. Right. And so I get it because life can be lifey and hard. (laughs) And so, right. And so people tend to, we, me too, have chose alcohol to numb ourselves from that and shit. What are we missing out on when we do that? Mm -hmm. And like you just said, you wouldn't be where you are today Had you continue to numb those things, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have been been able to have the awareness, the growth, the learning, the expansion through your dad, through all the stuff that you experience. And so, if we're wanting more, we can't numb ourselves and create more. Yeah,
1: because no, yeah, absolutely. Because it's you can't numb the bad and want for the good. You're numb to everything, right? right? Like it doesn't change. And I think you know people are really scared. They're like, I've been numbing. What's that going to look like? And yes, there is some like discomfort, pain, There need there needs work and support. But like on the other side of it, like I also had less anxiety. I had more confidence. I had more energy. I had more ability when I wasn't like, you know, what, what you just said, right? I had these positives of like, oh, I can energetically show up with more energy and I can get my workouts in, which clears my brain and I'm eating better and I'm more confident and less anxious. So then the stuff that I wasn't, I mean, I'm like, okay, I can handle my dad's memorial service that's super triggering to me, right? I can handle a big move. I can handle disappointments. I can handle excitement because I haven't numbed the, that my spirit.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because if you know t- one thing, you're numbing spirit. it all. Numb your spirit. Talk about
0: mic drop. Holy shit. People <sighs> listening. Are you numbing your spirit?
1: Hmm. Oh, I got goosebumps on that one. Because if you numb one, you numb it all, right? Like if I go yeah. for two, like I'm numbing my whole mouth. So, ah, like That's so, so good, right? Yeah. It's so you're so numbing good. everything. And then all of a sudden you're like, I can't handle that. You're like, honey, you can handle it. You just haven't given yourself the full opportunity to do that. And I, I strongly believe it's, I'm not talking, you're drinking a bottle of wine a night. I'm talking like a glass of wine every night, two glasses, like, right. This consistent that it just slowly. I mean, you know, Dr. Iman, he does a ton around this like yes. alcohol, like one drink is not great. <laughs> yes. And oh my
0: God, I love the way that you said that because I wrote, I wrote it down while you were talking, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean we're an alcoholic in order mm-hmm. to have this conversation. Totally. It's just, it's just alcohol in general, just like sugar in general. Meanwhile, yes. sugar is more addicting than heroin or cocaine or something, mm-hmm. like, what, whichever one it is, but that it doesn't mean we have a drinking problem or we're an alcoholic. It's just, let's have the conversation mm-hmm. about alcohol as a toxin going into our body and bringing it to back to Dr. Amen, or Amin how do you say it is it Amen? I don't know I I, I may have mispronounced okay, it I don't, okay okay I'm not sure know, right. I want to clarify I'll clarify <laughs> he's but, great. so whatever it is well, we need to get that so right. amazing and he does <laughs> talk about that so there's two things here three things I want to I want to shoot out here first let me address when you're talking about creating this change can be uncomfortable right but like you said we can't just have the light and not the dark. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. We need to have the dark in order to see and feel and experience mm-hmm. the light. And so it's just like a butterfly. When we look at as going through this process of becoming soberish, it's mm-hmm. the butterfly process. It's going from a butterfly, a caterpillar to a butterfly. Can you imagine how painful that mm-hmm. must be, but the beauty on the other side of it? Yes. And, so well, and there's pain
1: is- and stain too, right? Like yes. there was a reason I didn't do it. I was like, there's, it's painful either way. Yes.
0: Yes. And so then going back to the problem, alcoholic, or just mm. talk about alcohol is that sometimes we think, well, I'm just going to have one drink tonight or I'll just have mm. two tonight. Right. What's two like, oh, fuck it, two. Like what, why are we so judgy about two, but it's any amount going in is toxins that break down your cells and your like all of the things right and he talks about Dr. Amen about how it's it's a total number it's not about oh i only had one drink this month it still affects your brain and kills cells and affects mm-hmm. you no matter how many you're drinking Mm -hmm. right? Because our brain wants to tell us, well, I'm only going to drink this weekend and I won't drink the rest of the month is what I'm trying to say. So those four drinks that you have in that one night are still killing all of your brain cells and affecting your organs. And then the other thing I watched this other video, I don't remember who, how I found it, but it talks about what you were saying is anxiety that this is so mind blowing to me because I've had conversations with other people that I'm like, look at your drinking because they're Mm -hmm. saying how they're having a problem driving and I'm really Mm -hmm. anxious and I can't drive and I can't do this. And I'm like, and I'll say, well, what about drinking? I have read and heard and learned that the alcohol can affect your system. And they're like, but I didn't drink last night. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. The anxiety doesn't show up just because you drank last night. It's still in your system, still mm-hmm. affects all of your systems in your body. And the anxiety can show up at any time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's so mind-blowing to me. And the way we we think that we sleep better because you go and you, you pass out, yeah. right? Yeah. But really your body isn't healing.
1: Mm -hmm. because
0: of the toxins in your body. And so then you're waking up more tired. Like, it's just so mind blowing to me, the science
1: behind all of it. If you strictly looked at the science and you called it, I don't know, whatever, mula gula, you'd be Mm -hmm. like, I will never put that in my body. Like, why would I do that? But it's socially accepted. It's a billion dollar industry, Mm -hmm. like societal friendships, everything. Like it's hard to, mommy culture. I mean, all of it. But yeah, I thank you for pointing out. Cause, and I think that happens too, right? Like women are be like, okay, I had to drink a glass Sunday, Monday. I'm super anxious, but I didn't drink. So it can't be the booze. So that's not the problem. It's just that I'm anxious. Yeah. So I'll just have a glass of wine. Right. Cause I mean, that was something, Gina. I'd never considered myself a particularly like anxious person, like normal. It was like gone. Like I was like, oh, I was more anxious. It was like low grade anxiousness, impatience, frustration, restlessness, like low grade that I thought it was just life. Right. And I took that out and yes, I can still get anxious. I'm still like impatient person, but it's like, Oh wow. That was a part of it. It was just keeping me like, yeah, almost like, you know, like too much coffee. It just like a low grade. low grade. Jitter. It yeah. was like that. And it was gone. Cause like you said, it could be glass Sunday, Monday, you can still be feeling anxious. It may yeah. not be in our system till Wednesday or Thursday.
0: Yeah. And how powerful of what you just said, I heard you say, it was like this low grade anxiousness. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, well, let me have a glass of wine because then I will, I'll relax. I'll unwind. Totally. Here's the quote unquote, I'll unwind. Yeah. And so then you're feeding it more to create mm-hmm. more anxiety.
1: Yeah. And for a split second, it does feel good, right? You're like, oh, that is nice. And then all of a yeah. sudden you're, and then it's, you know, I, it's so funny over those 32 drinks in that first year, I, I wish I would attract it better. I would say probably 20 of them were like two drink nights. Cause if I wanted one, I almost always yeah. wanted another.
0: Oh yeah. Right? Potato chip. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. I was never like, you know, and, but it was, it was just fascinating. Cause it's, it does. And you think it helps the anxiousness. That's like, you know, that's why I'm like, if, if you're not, if it's a power move, man, it's like finding like cleaning it out of your system, seeing what you're capable of, and then maybe adding in, maybe not. I don't know what that looks like. Cause that's individual for each person. But I, I I think everybody who drinks consistently could benefit from a good 70 to 90 day detox and then, and then define what that looks like for you. Yeah.
0: See what you feel like, right? Yes. You know, and, and, and be honest. Mm -hmm. That's a part of my, my self-love is that we have to be honest with ourselves Yeah, because otherwise we stay the same. Yeah. Yeah. Take ownership right mm-hmm. and the low grade for me mm-hmm. is a really hot topic when i'm coaching teaching or speaking because i truthfully believe that was a huge part of my mom's deterioration mm-hmm. of her health was that she lived in low grade stress yeah. or high grade stress 24/7 whether it was yeah. stress in a relationship with my dad she didn't drink and she couldn't, she couldn't beat him. She joined them. and I love them. I have great relationships with my parents before they passed away, but I just love to call it out because I want people to hear and learn that low grade stress, anxiety, all of these things, bottling up your emotions are what cre- over time creates congestion in your body mm-hmm. and eventually creates dis-ease and eventually disease. Mm-hmm. all starting with low-grade stress, anxiety, alcohol, toxins, sugar, yeah. all, and it's so easily overlooked because it's quote-unquote low-grade. Oh.
1: I am so glad you point, yes, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing kind of that story about, yeah, that makes total sense for your mom, right? No outlet, no, and we sorry, I'm having a little construction in my house. Hope that I hope the pounding isn't coming yes, through. No, yes. You know, we've accepted it. That's just the way of life. That's just the way it is. And you're like, no, there are very stressful things, but like, if you could do one thing and remove it and it all goes down a little, isn't that worth trying? Because we take pills, we do diets, we do all this other bullshit stuff. Instead of saying, what if I remove this? Would that lower my, my low grade? Because like you said, it's that low grade. It's low-grade fights and in marriages it's low-grade stress that like leads to burnout like yeah and it's not just the way of life right like it yeah. it doesn't have to be yeah this one I could go
0: down a rabbit hole too because you said you know everybody wants to take a pill or and or yeah. we go to our doctors and that's all they want to do is prescribe a pill and, and thank the lord you know there are medical systems out there now that are starting to catch mm-hmm. on to other ways but the the big corporation of our healthcare system runs on a band-aid system. Yeah. And I also believe that was a huge part of my mom's was that she would go to the doctor and she would just get prescribed a pill. She was 69. I can't even, I can't even tell you how many pills she was on. Mm. She had thrush and she had this. I'm like, mom, is anyone looking at your medications to see if they can't? Sure they are. And she just believed because she didn't know any different, right? And so that's why this conversation is so beautiful, because what if it's not about taking a pill, but removing mm-hmm. alcohol and yeah. whatever way it works for you or whoever's listening, it doesn't mean, you know, that you are now, what's the word I'm looking for? You're quitting alcohol hundred percent and you're all in or you're all out, but just play around with it. Yes. Yes. And see what comes up for you. And so that's why, you know, I feel like I go in hard, like about, you know, how it's affecting us and, and what do we need to change and whatever. And so I, I want to wrap it up around the empowering part of it. I know mm. we touched on it, but really tell us and our listeners, like how empowered, how much change has happened, you know, physically, tangibly, emotionally mm. in your life since starting this soberish journey.
1: I I have like a little bit of tears, like it's hard to put into words. Right. And I know that I've, you know, so much of this, I, when I, that, when I share things about things people do, it's because I've done them. Right. Like I spent so much time in this drinking cycle, so much time. And, you know, I think physically I am stronger. I, I did not lose weight, which is funny because almost every single woman is like, how much weight did you lose? I'm like, it's not about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's not the only reason it's about, right? So like physically though, I am stronger. My skin is better. Like I work out harder mentally. Like I've been in several meetings and people, I get so many compliments are like, how do you stay calm and unflappable all the time? Like no matter what happens, you're just like, okay. And that wasn't me two years ago. Mm. That wasn't me, right? But it's just like, I have this like clarity and this focus and not this like low key anxiety you know, and talking about empowerment, like the confidence and clarity. And I mean, we wouldn't be having this conversation today and not just because we wouldn't be talking about soberish. Like I wouldn't have the courage to go out and talk about something like I have, right. To share. It's helped my relationships. Like it's just more connection, whether like romantically or friendship, right. I'm like more present. I'm not thinking about a next drink. I don't have my, my awareness isn't just a little fuzzy because we all had that glass or two of wine. Mm -hmm. you know, I would say the big ones, you know, like are less anxiety, more confidence. I always thought my sleep was great, but I was, every time I would drink, I would wake up at two in the morning and just like belittle the shit out of myself. Mm -hmm. Why'd you drink? Why'd you do that? You told yourself you wouldn't do. So like consistently keeping the promise to myself to stay true to the journey has done everything for me. Ah. Like, and so I just encourage somebody, if you're, if you've ever had that whisper, like Don't commit to complete sobriety. Just give it like 60 to 90 days, right? We can do anything for 60 to 90 days. Anything, get support, join a group, tell your friends, like whatever, just try it and see what happens. And if your life doesn't get better, okay, then go back. But it's worth a shot, especially for if you want to do big things out in the world. Like Mm. it's just, it's worth a shot. I love it. I love it. Tell us how or where to start when you're a beginner at this you're starting a beginner, get some type of support. I would, you know, if you can find an accountability buddy, that's good. Yeah. And just have small goals, you know, maybe it is 30 days. And then you're going to say, you know, I'm going doing 30 days and then I'm going to redecide at that point or recommit. Right. The other piece is there's a ton of great books out there. Quit Like a Woman is a great one. The Neck and Mind that are such empowering books about quitting in a way that is like, Oh, that's a good power move. It's not a deficit. It's not a fear. It's not a have to. Yeah. And then set yourself. Make this be my number one advice. Is like let this just be the only thing you do. Don't try and change your diet. Don't try and run a marathon because if you've been drinking for a long time, it takes a lot of energy, mm-hmm. right? I I eat pretty healthily and I have a pretty consistent workout, but like I kept on I ate way more sugar. <laughs> I oh. you know changed my workouts a little, like. Let this just be the one thing, because it can feel like a lot for Mm -hmm. you, right? So just, because, and then you'll start to feel good, and then you'll want to do more. But just try and make this be like the one thing, with no judgment about whatever else comes up. I was sleepy a lot; like I was really tired when I first started. So I would take a lot of naps. Like just Mm -hmm. let your let this be the one thing. Mm -hmm. Very long answer, but
0: (laughs) no, I love it. You know, and 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 a few things come up for me when you when you say all of that. Is the the biggest one is is Um, everyone can relate to this one. It's a beginning of don't do, don't, don't go all in like a hundred percent and you're drinking, you're never drinking again. And you're going to drink, you know, 10 gallons of water, you're going to work out (laughs) two times a week. And and then you're going to run a marathon, right? Because this is what people can relate to is this is what happens for people in the new year with resolutions. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. Yeah. And I'm going to clean out my whole pantry. And I'm going to get rid of all the sugar and all the gluten mm-hmm. and 100 gallons of water. And, and then we know in this work that your system is, that's fear. Like yeah. you're creating fear in your system. Like, holy shit, that's something new. She might die because she's never done that before. Mm-hmm. And then your body's going to create resistance for you. And you're going to go back to the drink. Absolutely. And so it's all about creating the smallest, tiniest, change and focus on that one thing. Yeah. And That's it. And then here's yeah. the twofold to it is that recommit mm-hmm. recommit over and over and over and over again. Because if you have that one drink, it's not about sabotaging yourself, yeah. and yourself up. Yeah. It's about going, okay, I had a drink. I'm fucking human. Now let me yeah. recommit right now in this moment. You don't have to wait for next tom- tomorrow. Start now. You don't have to wait for next mm-hmm. week. Now. You don't have to wait for next month. Start now. You don't have to wait Absolutely. for next year. Fucking start now. And just recommit to yourself over and over and over again
1: and show yourself so much fucking compassion. So much. That's all you do. All you do is don't drink and show compassion. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Well, and I think too, it's, you know, I, mine was 70 days and that seems, that probably seems like a lot for some people. I mean, I know women have had babies, so they've kind of gone longer, but like understanding that took me years to get up to that 70 days. Right. Right. I had just stopped and started so many times. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe, maybe it is 30 for you. Maybe it's 10. Right. Maybe whatever that is. Seven. Right.
0: Like, yeah. Like just just, just start somewhere.
1: Yeah. And I also have this, which is fun. I have my little calendar. I always share this where I mark off my days and how many it is. And so it's a good way to keep yourself motivated. Yeah. Where are you Um, at now? I am on for this. I have, I've had 20 drinks this year or since I started about almost last September. So okay. I'm on track to beat my days for last year. Okay.
0: All right. That's so cool and so fun. I love, it. I love you so much. I want to <laughs> thank, thank, you. You. thank you. Thank you. Uh, Beautiful open you. dialogue and conversation around something that can be a hard topic to talk mm-hmm. about. And so I love the opportunity to learn from you. Mm-hmm to share with the listeners, just, you know, just to get curious about it, you know, how is it making you feel? How do you want to feel? Are you in Mm -hmm. alignment? What are my values? And how do I live in alignment with those and love, respect, honor, be truthful to myself. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes to yourself. This Mm -hmm. is how we change the world is by showing up for ourselves, living it, embodying it, and then sharing it with everyone. This is the ripple effect. I fucking love it.
1: Mm, Thank you, Gina. I love you. I love your energy. I love, I know the type of women you attract and I know that some, they're going to be powerfully served by the messages you continue to put out there. So thank you for doing what you you. do too.
0: I love that. So tell us, how can we plug you and what you're doing? Tell us how people can reach out to you. Don't worry if you don't catch us, it'll be in the show notes, but go ahead and tell us.
1: Yeah, no, several ways. So I I do, as you mentioned, I have a podcast, Soberish Uprising, where we tell all sorts of different t- stories of sober, being sober, being soberish, what that looks like, how it's changed our lives. I'm working on a couple of group launches to have this 70, 90-day soberish. So oh. go to hollycrevo.com. We'll put it in the so- show notes. Yeah. And yeah, on Instagram as well under Soberish Uprising. So oh God, all good it. ways. I
0: can't wait. I, I can't wait. Get the group launch so that I can join. And be, because <laughs> I know the power... Of community, learning, mm-hmm. expanding, and growing together yes. in the community and the collective. Absolutely. And so with my health journey and where I've been is that I want to, I want to continue to grow this soberish journey for myself. Yeah. And so I can't wait to join you mm-hmm. and Thank learn you. from you. All right. Thank so you. now, you know, I have a rapid round. <laughs> yes. Love to have some fun. I'm a karaoke queen who can't carry a tune and I don't care. I need to know what's your favorite song
1: my favorite song. Yeah. Uh, This, this one got, I was ready for, okay. Probably think twice by Celine Dion. Wait, how does that one go? Baby think twice. It's an old one. It's like 1980 Celine. Oh, I don't
0: even know if I, I'm going to have to look that one
1: up. It's, I am obsessed with Celine Dion. And so that's my favorite.
0: Okay. I love it. Thank you. I love it. I love music. Okay. Now, we talked about self-care, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'd love to go there with what is a self-care tip you use regularly? Mm,
1: I use regularly reading. I read in the morning to start my day something inspirational, learning, development, and then I end my day with like fiction. So I think it's a good way to wind my brain up and like wind it down.
0: Yeah, I love that. All right, awesome. And fill in the blank. I am a wicked wealthy woman because...
1: Ooh, because I trust myself. Ooh, that's good. I love that.
0: Oh, I love you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you soon. All righty, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. And remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google play, Spotify, And if you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star written review. This is the Wicked Wealthy Woman podcast with me, Gina Marie. Remember, everyone, including you, is a wicked wealthy woman. You just need to unleash her.